Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Well, hello, builders. We would love to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. It is great for you to be a listener here. If you're a returning guest, welcome back. If you're a new listener, we hope you'll get some insight and gain some nuggets from this episode. Here at the Build Your Success Podcast, we like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our training, speaking events, and our coaching. So check out our website, www.buildcs.net, to see what we offer. But I've also got a guest here today. I've got my friend, Frank Kendrick. Frank is the CEO of New Jack Companies. That's a full-service construction firm established in April 1992. He's been operating in Central and South Florida. Frank is a visionary, servant leader, and a motivational speaker. Frank holds a Bachelor of Building Construction degree from the University of Florida and a Master of Arts degree in Ministerial Leadership from Southeastern University. Frank's company, New Jack, has been featured in many national and regional publications, local and national news articles, magazines, television specials, and recently New Jack was recognized by Business Observer as one of the top 30 contractors in the Central Florida area. The firm went virtual in June of 2019, so we're going to talk about him being a trendsetter here shortly, but it's now celebrating two years of being a virtual firm. New Jack has been able to conduct business as usual throughout this COVID crisis. Frank and his wife, Sanji, are the proud parents of three young adults, Morgan, Tyler, and Brandon. He credits his belief in fellowship with God, his love for his family, and his strong sense of vision and purpose for his success. His favorite scripture is found in Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, the people perish. Well, Frank, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate your inviting me and uh, I think it's exciting uh, what you've been doing and just how you've been helping a lot of folk and uh, building people so that they can uh, realize their own dreams and goals. So uh, I'm excited about being here. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm grateful that you are here. You know, you and I have partnered together on a few other things and that's how we became friends. And, you know, you're just a great guy and you also really are a visionary leader. So I'm going to ask you the question we ask all of our guests here. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Frank Kendrick? Well, um, you know, I heard somebody say once that uh, the, the guy that thinks he's leading and no one is following, he's just taking a, a walk. So uh, I, I think uh, principally, if you're a leader, then uh, you have to be able to inspire others uh, to follow. And that's not often a, a very easy thing to do. Um, and, you know, I think for me personally, uh, you know, it's, it's that scripture that you just heard that is one of my favorite scriptures is without vision, people perish. Uh, another translation of that actually says that without vision, people cast off restraint. And it's kind of like that adage you've heard, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Uh, and so it's being able to have a goal, have a vision, uh, and being able to, you know, track it and follow it. And uh, leadership for me is being able to help people to realize their own personal goals and dreams, 
But all, oftentimes those dreams and those goals, they synchronize with your own personal goals and, and dreams. And so um, you end up, you know, working together, leading together and, uh, you know, all, all reaching your goals together. So that's what leadership is to me. I like to hear that together part. It sounds like inclusion to me. So that, that that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, one of the things you led on, and that's the, what I really invited you to the podcast about, you're a trendsetter, man. So your company went virtual in 2019. And so you're actually celebrating two years as a virtual firm. So you kind of got ahead of the curve. I, I want to ask you, you told me earlier that you listened to your team and made that decision to go virtual. So first of all, that's a great leadership. Well, what did your team tell you? Well, uh, it was pretty interesting. It was, again, it sounds easier now that I'm looking back. Uh, but at the time, I felt like I was kicking and scratching. Uh, but we had uh, about four different uh, employees that were team members that were uh, what we, you know, we, we all, you know, they were millennials. And uh, and so uh, every time I say millennials, I kind of feel like the millennials are coming. You know, it's kind of like uh, this different group. But now we have the Gen Z's. But anyway, uh, I won't digress. Um, but, uh, you know, we have had shared uh, to do list type um, software that we collaborate quite a bit uh, on projects. And so uh, you take one particular project it may have 30 different activities uh, that need to be performed, but those activities, uh, you have different people with it, with different positions that have to, to uh, take care of some of those tasks. And so what happens is when you're in this collaborative environment and it's, you have things, activities that are assigned to you know, team members, uh, you can see in real time whether they're doing it, they're slacking or, or what they're doing, and communicate with them as well. But I noticed that a lot of our millennials were killing it. Um, and we had this policy where you can work remotely for one day a week. But I noticed that like, while they were not, you don't see them in the office, they're probably at some Starbucks, you know, Panera Bread, some coffee house, wherever, it could be home. Um, but you could see that they're killing it. I mean, you could, they're, they're, they're getting a high productivity and they started coming to me and saying, hey, why do we have this policy of, you know, working remotely and you're limiting it? You, you yourself talked about how um, uh, much we get done during the day. Why don't you just remove policy? I was like, are you kidding me? No. What, what is it? You don't want to be in, in the office? And so anyway, after some arm twisting, I said, OK, let's do two days a week. Um, and still. We kind of went on and on and then noticing that the, they took advantage of those two days. They were not in the office. And so pretty soon um, we had an executive meeting. We talked about it and we agreed to remove the entire uh, uh, stipulation that you can only work from home, work remotely two days a week. Well, guess what? <laughs> there was hardly anybody in the office. And I'm like, we've got 5,400 square foot office building. And, uh, you know, I can count on one hand how many people are in the office. Everybody's working remotely, but they're getting things done. Uh, and so uh, the dean at, uh, for construction school at, at Florida 
uh, came by the office. He was kind of touching base with some of the alumni. And I was telling him about this, this issue that we were having. And he told me, he said, um, well, Frank, you know, th this, th I think this is a trend that, that uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be here to stay. And I said, well, I don't know any construction companies that are doing this. And he said, well, I, I do know one. And I said, who? And he told me a guy, Farik, uh, out of New York City. And he said he has 75 employees with no physical plant. And I said, I want to talk to him. And he gave me his number. I called him. We talked an hour and 45 minutes. And I was asking him all kinds of stuff. And he just, and it just seemed like it was never, never land. Like I'm just talking to this guy and I'm like, and he's telling me he's home right now, sitting outside, you know, with his laptop, you know, by his pool. And I'm just like, you, you gotta be kidding me. You're running this multi-million dollar company and you're, you're I, I, didn't, I didn't, I couldn't understand how he could do that. Anyway, uh, brought that information back. We went back, we did some research and long, I've, I've told a long story so I can't make it shorter, but anyway, um, we decided, and this was in February, we decided that we would start looking at going virtual. So from February to June, we did everything that we needed to do to get prepared for it. And in June of 2019, we went virtual. We leased our office building out um, and saved a bunch of money and worked remotely. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict, reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Wow, that, that's awesome. And, and great that you got ahead of that curve that we all faced in, in 2020. You know, Frank, the way I found out that you weren't in your office anymore, when I was near your office one day, I was like, hey, I'm going to stop by and see Frank. You know, that, that 5,400 square feet you talk about was beautiful because you showed construction things. They were elements of construction that were exposed in your building. And, yeah. and a construction guy like me, I just love the architecture and, and the way you left a lot of the structure exposed for us guys to see. And it, it was a great, um, you know, advertisement for your business of the type of business you do as well. So I know it had to be hard. So, so what were your hesitations? You mentioned a few of them earlier, but what were more of your hesitations to, to not go completely virtual? Well, there's a couple of things, but one of them was obviously um, not being able to see people you know, in their space working. There's something about actually seeing the people work. You feel like you're not being cheated. You feel like you're, you know, everybody's working together. And so that's where trust came in. Um, you know, again, I think in every company um, you have, you know, A, B and C level performers. We, we, we call them one, two and five talent uh, people. And um, so the, the two talent people, they're going to do everything that you tell them to do. Nothing more, nothing less. They're going to they're going to show up every day at the same time. They're going to leave every day at the same time. They're going to go to lunch. 
in fact, there are often people that will bring their lunch um, and they'll eat in the cafeteria or in the break room and, and very methodical to talent, get it done. Five talent people, um, they do not only their job, but oftentimes they'll do other people's job. They're more motivated by the overall goal. They're motivated by the company advancing the company forward. And the one talent people are the people that are full of excuses. They're not going to do their work. They're, they're just going to be always a day late, dollar short, that kind of stuff. And so in every company, you're going to have that. And so my fear was really the people, the one talent people, the people who you know, are not self-disciplined, people who you have to, you know, you got to ask them, well, did you do this? Did you, and you have to fo constantly follow up with them. So that was one of my biggest fears is, is you know, obviously feeling like the, the company is getting shortchanged. The other thing is lack of presence. You, you mentioned earlier, you know, we, we built this building, we have this, this nice building there and it's great location, great looking building. People ride by here all the time. Hey, we rode by your building. Build, building looks great. So all of a sudden, when you don't have that building, you don't have that big new jack there, how do people know that you're around and you're not dead? You know. And so that was obviously one of our other fears that we had to combat. So those were the two biggest ones. Yeah, and I will be honest. When, when I saw the, the empty building, I went, oh, no, I hope Frank didn't go out of business during COVID. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that was what I thought. But, you know, you, you mentioned some of your – uh, colleagues that are working in coffee shops doing that in construction, as soon as they gave me a laptop, man, and, and our job sites, we've been working hybrid for years because our job sites are in the field. You know, when you go to the field, right. you got to make these field trips. And, and I would work from a coffee shop, from a library, wherever between meetings, you know, and, and not have to drive all the way back to the office to, to get something done. If I could do it, you know, in 30 minutes, stop somewhere and take care of it with a laptop computer. So I know, you know, at least in my business, the industrial world, and we've been doing the hybrid for a long time. And I got interviewed recently by a news agency about how the hybrids are going to work. And I was like, I believe they can work really well as long as people are making very clear expectations, both from the employer and the employee of what what that hybrid looks like. It sounds like you started off with a hybrid and you had some very clear expectations and everyone knew what was going on. And then you took time to transition, which I think was very smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, that, that hybrid um, you're right. We're, we're in construction. A lot, a lot of what we do, you know, particularly with project managers and administrative staff, um, you know, you're going to have to do deal with that duality. Uh, the, the other part to that is that you do have your superintendents um, in our field that that are they're they're located in the field. They're 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 positioned on that job. And, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, these guys can't. There is no such thing as remote superintendent. You, you got to be there on the job site every single day. And so that was one of the unintended consequences as well is that you kind of have this haves and have nots. You have the people that can, that get the leisure of being able to work remotely from different places. And then you have the superintendent say, Hey, we want to be able to do that. Why can't we do that? So you have to be creative uh, with, with to not create this have and have not them and, and, and us uh, kind of thing. But, but yeah, that, that hybrid model is, is uh, certainly I think with COVID, I think more companies are are seeing that um, you have to have that duality, uh, particularly in this this age of globalization. It's just crazy. It sure is. Yeah. The so world is flatter, right? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so one of the things you said was that, you know, people like to come together. People like to you know interact, see each other. How do you overcome that in this new, you know, one, you're one, so far as your office is concerned, you're 100% virtual. What do you do to facilitate some face-to-face -face activities? Well, so one of the things you have to do is you have to be intentional about um, having one-on-one -on -one time with your team members uh, and giving them a vehicle that they can communicate with you and, and, and vice versa. Uh, and so, you know, going to lunch, um, going out, you know, our senior staff actually makes it out to our projects, uh, myself, make it out to our projects and spend time, uh, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, go to lunch, whatever, with, uh, you know, team members in, in the field. Also having encouraging uh, team members going to lunch with each other, uh, having that one-on-one -on -one time. Uh, you have a project manager and a superintendent going to lunch together. Uh, and they're having that face-to-face -face time that they can, you know, talk about some of the uh, intangibles and you know, how's your family, those kind of things. Um, and then having uh, setting time that overall corporately uh, you can get together uh, at corporately everyone. So having everyone meet, you know, at a, a restaurant and or having a company get together and those things like that. So that's that's kind of how you overcome that. And then the other part is, you know, just social media is just a crazy phenom. But and a lot of the construction software now is very interactive and uh, and social media platforms. And so actually clicking a like button, like when our superintendents do their daily reports, you know, I'll often read it or, you know, type in there and make notes or put a like and those things like that. So, you know, you, you have to be intentional about it. Yeah, that's great. And I, th I like the idea that you are doing the likes on their daily reports because you want to reinforce that positive reinforcement of, hey, I'm enjoying what you're showing me. I like to tell our team about the daily reports is take me to the job site. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really about just completing a daily report and logging the people yeah. and, the equipment and what happened, but but take me to the job site. You know, explain to me what great thing you did today on your daily report. So that that's awesome. I'm going to take that one, Brian. I love that. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Well, you and I share a passion for empowering youth and young people. I, I love, you know, you've helped me a couple of times with the ACE Mentor Program. By the way, that went virtual this year. And, and at first I was like, oh, man, of all things to go virtual, like I can't get in there with them students and, you know, help them and guide them uh, in person. But however, I got a lot more volunteers last year because of the virtual nature of it. They could you know, just come to a Zoom call and, and speak to the students or come into a session that way. So it had its pluses and minus. I'm, I'm looking forward to going back into the classroom this coming year. But uh, but the ACE Mentor Program is something I do. But you say here in your resume and bio, his personal vision is to help empower those who may not have had the opportunities that he has had. You serve on several community boards and you're passionate about the ed education of our youth and you actively engage with nonprofit organizations to provide mentorship, something that I really believe in, and then financial literacy. So give us some ideas, some things you're doing to help these, these people that haven't had the experiences you've had. Yeah. So um, a couple of things come to mind. Um, one is um, there's a, uh, there's a program called, um, uh, Optimus, there's a, it's Optimus International. And I know you may have heard that. Um, and 
so uh, actually my son, uh, who's now a senior in, in college, uh, was uh, a speaker. And, uh, you know, I kind of coached him as he came up and just enjoyed doing that. He uh, had an opportunity to win several oratory cont- contests and, and uh, you know, went to international competitions and things like that. And so what happened is, you know, after he had graduated from high school, I was like, what am I going to do? I don't have anybody to coach, you know, in oratory skills. And so I actually reached out to the high schools and asked if they had any kids that students that would want to compete in oratory uh, competitions uh, and uh, was excited to get a few names of some some, some uh, students. And I was able to reach out to them and start training them. And, uh, you know, at one time I had eight students all together that I was training and coaching on being able to uh, use their oratory skills. And, uh, you know, all of our kids, you know, scored, you know, in the first, second, or, or most of them first or second place in most all of the competitions uh, that they competed in uh, and were able to get scholarships. I have students that are now in college. I just got an email from one of the young ladies that was able to coach and she was just sitting there reflecting, saying, you know, Mr. Kendrick, if you hadn't, you know, pushed me and nudged me in this area, you know, think about all the money that I was able to get for scholarship money for school that I would not have had to do it. So anyway, that's just one of the things uh, and that I've done and, and still do enjoy doing uh, several different uh, venues for oratory. The other thing is um, there's an organization called Risk uh, and Jeffrey Williams. Uh, is uh, the CEO of that organization, and they are uh, they have they started this thing called Team Business Camp. Uh, it was a summer camp uh, that you know basically taught uh, students, high schoolers, uh, business skills, and they had stopped doing it. And um, you know, I reached out to him and asked him, "Hey, this was something I used to admire about what you did. Why why'd you stop?" And he said, "Well, you know." I needed support, I needed financial, blah, blah, blah. And so we called him in and said, you know, what can we do to partner with you? And we were able to get that program back up and we assigned staff, including myself, uh, to help them. And, you know, we reached out in the community and got uh, businesses, banks, schools uh, to partner with us. And we had 13 different uh, organizations that partnered with us with this team business camp that we were able to you know, work with these students uh, every single summer, except this this one uh, with COVID, we weren't able to do it. But um, but it's, that's something that's very exciting, uh, being able to work one-on-one uh, with those students and just really, you know, I can get into a lot of that. I can tell you stories about it, but I think it was just, just a wonderful, very rewarding being able to reach back um, and help them, uh, you know, just as if, my, like my coach, my high school coach, my high school geography teacher, my high school, uh, my sixth grade teacher, um, one of my principals. Um, these guys were like my part of my Hall of Fame that just reached out to me when I was there that age and just cared enough to, you know, sacrifice some of their time and to teach me some things and to help me. And, to, and, and you know, I owe every bit of the success that I've had today 
on them. And so this is part of just being able to pay it forward. That is wonderful. And it's great, you know, when we realize we have those people that are willing to pour into us and help us and guide us. And, and now you're paying it forward. You know, you're realizing, hey, other people need this. You know, you're speaking about the oratory skills. And uh, I can say that word now, Frank. But <laughs> the, the, uh, the, when I, it, it usually never fails when I bring an engineer in to speak to the high school students. They, they talk about having to realize, you know, they are very technical. You're an engineer. You become very technical. You have no intentions of being a speaker, a public speaker. However, now you're the engineer that has to make a presentation to a client to get them to buy your work. And usually nine times out of 10, those engineers tell the students, hey, listen, Brian and these te this team of uh, mentors here are trying to encourage you on your public speaking skills. Pay attention because you're going to need these, whether you're, you're an engineer, an architect, a general contractor. All of us have to show our capabilities uh, through, through speaking and through through proposals uh, through writing. That was the one thing I discovered when I, when I got into management, I realized I got to write bid letters and, and English was my worst subject. So it's just, to, and that's part of the reason why I got involved with high school students to show them the why, because when I was in high school, you know, I asked my pre-algebra te teacher, why do we have to know how to do this to buy a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk? And, and she didn't have an answer for me, number one. But number two, I, I wish she would have said, Brian, do you plan to buy milk and bread? You, are you going to be a purchasing agent for, for Publix the rest of your life? Because you're, you're going to need these things, you know. So that's just what I love to do is show the students how it applies. Brian, you could see it. You know, I, I look at you and, and just the way you sacrifice your own personal time to help facilitate these youth when you don't even, you know, you didn't know them, but you just reach out and you you care enough to show you care. And I can just see that passion in you. And uh, I so appreciate what you've been able to do. And you've just done a, an outstanding job there um, with the, uh, the youth program there. I just, you know, it's just outstanding. So my hat's off to you. Well, you're, you're doing well with the programs you're working on too, Frank. And I, you know, I may not know some of those students, but I know that 14 year old brat high school kid, Brian Brogen, uh, <laughs> that asked those stupid questions of the, of the algebra teacher. So that's why, you know, I just got to get back and, and help and, and, and do what I can. Yeah. Well, Frank, listen, it's been a great to have you on the podcast today. Where can our listeners find out more about Frank and about New Jack? Go to www.newjack.com. Dot com and that's spelled n u j a k dot com and that's perfect tells you how to reach us and tells you a little bit about us and then they can also find you on linkedin as well right i think you're pretty active there yeah that's right linkedin that's as well that's right so for our listeners we'll include that in the show notes today you'll be able to find out about frank and about new jack they're a wonderful company based here in central florida do work in all over the state but uh, it's been a great friend of mine, been an advocate of what we're doing with, with the youth and how I got involved in the podcast. So thanks, Frank, for being on the podcast today. For our listeners, go over to our website, buildcs.net. You can find out about our programs, special offers, events, and just everything we're doing. I will tell you that we are hosting Live to Lead on October the 8th. That's a Friday, and we'll just stay tuned. But that's, that's the save the date teaser for you for the John Maxwell team. So thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others.
Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.